came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen days went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with, ex with exceedingly great joy, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Verse 12. Then, being divinely warned in the dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. May God add a blessing to the reading and consideration of His Word. Whenever we come to December, there is a feeling of Christmas. And this morning, the first question that I have for you is this. Whenever you hear the word Christmas, what comes to your mind? What is the first thing that comes to your mind? Is it the Lord? Is it the feast? Is it the sales that we have in the, the chain stores? What is it that comes to your mind? In other words, what is your response when you hear the word Christmas? Well, this morning, it is my desire to turn our attention to Matthew chapter 2 and verses 1 to 12 and look at the subject responding to the birth of Jesus Christ. Because today people respond in various ways. And as you are seated and probably answered that question of the first thing that comes to your mind, you answered the question how you respond to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, there are so many arguments about the dates, 
that the 25th of December is not the actual date. There are so many people who come in to study these things. This morning, it is not my desire to go into those arguments. But suffice to say that we do believe that Christ came into this world. We do believe that he took up the body of a human being. We believe that he lived, he grew, he ministered and died on the cross. And so that is important and reason enough for us to talk about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a birth that has got so much meaning to the entire human race. It is a birth that changes the lives of people. It is a birth that is peculiar, different from any other kind of birth that you may think about. As we see in Matthew, Matthew seeks to bring this point across in his writings to say that Jesus is king. And that is the message that he carries with him as he presents the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the passage that we are dealing with this morning is not far from what Matthew intends to communicate. Jesus is king. This child, the small child as it were, is king. As we see, the story before us is that of wise men. These wise men who came seeking the child. We see a story of a kind of people who were interested in the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we look at this story, we will see how they responded to that birth. But also, this account gives us another kind of response. And this is the response of King Herod. Without wasting much of your time, we are saying there are two responses in this passage. And the first response that we see is in verse 3 to 7. And this is the response of King Herod. We read in verse 3 of chapter 2. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. Beloved, as we consider responding to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see from our passage the first response from the king. And the first thing that we see here is that the man is troubled. But before we look at his response, we must underline something. His response was informed by his character. He responded this way because of who he was. Let's take a few minutes to explore before we look at his response who this man is. What about this Herod? King Herod was the ruler and king in Israel when Jesus was born. He became king of the Jews through the favor of the Romans. And if we study about this man, you will immediately see that the man was ruthless. The man was paranoid. 
He was a paranoid, paranoid tyrant. He would easily kill his own sons, kill his wife, kill the high priest whenever he thought they were a threat to his kingship. Or whenever he thought that they were conspiring against him, he would kill his own blood. This is the kind of man we are dealing with. He was able in his leadership. He was very courageous, but jealous and cruel. He became half insane toward the close of his life. He even tried to murder everyone. He seemed was a threat to his throne. So the man that we are seeing with his response here is a man who is a tyrant, a man who is ruthless, a man who is unkind. This man, when he heard about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, he reacted in a certain way because of his character. He was ruthless. He was a bad man, so to speak. And as we look at who this man is, let us proceed and see from verse 3, the first reaction. We see that he was troubled. This man, when he heard that there was a king who was born somewhere, he was unsettled. He was unsettled because he knew that there was someone also called a king who was coming on the scene. And so this gave him no peace. This man felt insecure. This man could not sleep. And I want you to imagine for a moment, as we are celebrating Christmas, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, and as we are singing with joy and saying joy to the world, there is a man who is unsettled in his palace, in his in his kingdom because of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was unsettled by this. Beloved friends, this unsettled him because he knew that he was the only king. This unsettled him because he knew that he was going to have a rival. Beloved friend, this man was unable to take in the truth that comes from God. The truth that came from God, he was unable to take it. And as we see that this man was troubled and unsettled in verse 3, we proceed on to verse 4 and see that this man was determined to do whatever was possible to ensure that this king never resurfaced. And we are told here in verse 4, that this man, what did he do? He assembled. He gathered together the chief priests and the scribes. He brought them together. He wanted to establish the truth. He was determined to ensure that he continued to reign as king. He was determined to make sure that there was no mention of another king. And so... We see him throwing all his energies to oppose the work of God. 
We see him spending all that he had, including his authority, to ensure that he is on top of things. This man reminds us of Saul, the man who was opposed to God's work, the man who would persecute those who were worshiping God, a man who would stand by the streets there and ensure that he whips and kills those who are going to worship. This was such a man. This is how he is responding to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was determined. In verse 7, we see him saying, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And it continues All that we see in verse 7 is this, that the man is scheming. He is scheming evil. He is plotting how he is going to kill this child. The man is gathering all the information so that he has got enough ammunition to ensure that he eliminates the so-called king according to his own eyes. Herod, with his pomp, his power, his prestige, his possession, his authority. He was not wise. The fact that this man was a king, the fact that this man had everything does not mean that he was wise. The Bible doesn't call him wise. The Bible describes him as one who is far from God. And indeed, the Bible says whoever is not wise indeed is a fool and this man was a fool because he did not have God in his life paraphrased in other words it is true that he never believed in God it is true that he was his own God with a small g it is true that this man was his own authority he would kill he would do whatever he wanted to do and no one would question him. And so this man is scheming evil because he is a God. He has all the power. He is not questioned, questioned in whatever he does. Beloved friends, this man in his response shows us that he did not have God in his life. This man in his response to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ is showing us that he failed to see the Savior. In other words, when others were saying, where is the child? When others were looking forward to seeing this promise that was given by the prophets, he failed to see a Savior. He failed to see the work of God in this. In other words, this man... This King Herod was spiritually blind. He had eyes, but he could not see. He had ears, but he could not hear. Though it was a public thing, like it is today, the world cannot ignore Christmas. The world hears about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is right in their faces, but they can't see so it was with this man. He responded in a way that we we'll also see that he was selfish. He responded in a manner that we we'll say was evil. 
He responded in a manner in a manner that showed that he had no faith in God. He responded ultimately to show that he was separated from God. He had no spirituality in himself. If you were to summarize his response, he responded in blindness. He responded in selfishness. He responded in sinfulness. He was on the throne, but spiritually blind. He was on the throne, but in danger. He had all the food. He could dine in whatever manner that he pleased. He enjoyed his life, yet he was spiritually blind. He could actually amass whatever wealth and command respect, yet he was far away from the commonwealth of God. This man enjoyed life, but never saw this particular sign from God. In other words, we need to consider what the Bible says as we look at his response. The Bible reminds us of the following in Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? The Bible also tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 that men are dead in their trespasses and sin. And so this man, although he is a kind of a person who commands respect, he has the whole world, yet there's no spiritual profit. He is looking like he is a well-of-to-do man, yet he is dead in his trespasses and sins. Beloved, this man continued in his response with a hardened heart to oppose God's work. In John chapter 8 and verse 24, we are told, Therefore I say to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. This man in his response never believed. And so he is actually heading to hell. And the Bible according to John chapter 8 verse 24, his heart was hardened. The signs were clear, but his heart kept on saying, you are the God. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 1. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Beloved friends, this kind of response is showing us that this man will be destroyed. This man will be destroyed without remedy. In other words, his response is showing us that he is heading into this direction of perishing. Beloved, Psalm 14 verse 1, a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. All these verses are actually showing us the character and responses of this man. But how shall we apply this? His character of being ruthless, 
his character of being a jealous man, his character of being unforgiving could be something that describes you this Christmas. His character could be somewhat a replica of your life as you are seated here. It could be a picture of this man and that there is no room for Christ in your heart. Not just in your heart, that in your affairs God is absent. There's no room for him. Like this man, all he wanted to do was to keep his seat, as it were, as king. And he wanted to keep his affairs a certain way. And God was never in his plans. Although Christ has appeared, although there is a good news about humanity and the forgiveness of his sins, he is still continuing in living in sin. Perhaps you are a God of your own life. Perhaps you are a man who is full of authority. And perhaps you are one who feels that you reign and that you run your world and that you don't need God and that it is all up to you. Remember, beloved friend, the Bible is clear. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. So, beloved, his response as we have said, is a picture of how ungodly men respond to Christmas year in, year out. It is all about themselves. It is all about their pleasures. It is all about their sinful indulgences, those things that do appeal to them. It is all about enjoying the world. Beloved, your response could be that you can't see Christ. All you can see is a good mood. All you can see are Christmas decorations. All you can see is just the exchanging of cards, e-cards, Merry Christmas, and so forth. You may not have seen Christ like this man. If this is your case, your life is in danger. Your life is in danger. Beloved friend, this is one negative response to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a response we ought to avoid. Responding in a worldly manner. Responding in sin. Christ is born and we give him the gift of indulging into sin. Christ is born and we give him the gift of becoming as worldly as we can. This is how this man responded. Shall we see quickly in the second place, the second response of the wise men, which is found in verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold the star which they had seen in the east went before him till it came and stood over where the, where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. 
And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And they presented those gifts to him. In the second place, we see these wise men. These wise men that we see here, they have a background and it will be good for us to notice a few things about these men. Well, first of all, the phrase wise men means the magi. And the magi were men skilled in philosophy, in medicine, religion, and natural science. They were also soothsayers and interpreters of dreams. They were greatly interested in astrology, thus their attention was arrested by the star that led them to Christ. The Bible does not say how many these wise men were. Traditionally, we see people talking about three wise men, but the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't also mention their names, but I guess this is not really important. What is important is what they did. How they responded to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. We do not know exactly where these men came from. We are just told wise men from the east. And by the way, it is not eastern province. It is just the east. Most reputable Bible scholars believe that they came from a land called Mesopotamia. That is, they most likely came from the area around ancient Babylon. Remember we are talking about the wise men? If they were from that region, then these men would have access to the Jewish scriptures. The Jews had been taken into Babylon years back as slaves. They lived in Babylon for several decades, and many even stayed behind when the rest returned to Israel. And while they were there, several also rose to prominence in the kingdom of Babylon. Among those who actually rose to prominence are people that we have read about already, like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. Now, Daniel wrote plenty about the coming of the Lord while he was living in Babylon. The prophet Ezekiel penned his book while living there. Several of the Psalms were written by the exiles living in Babylon. Now, if this is the case, it is then possible that these learned men would have known the prophecy that is found in Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17. In other words, they were exposed to the word of God. And this prophecy says, There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Beloved friends, these men are men who have been exposed to the word of God. These men 
were men who were learned, men who had work to do, men who were busy. Now we see that God indeed spoke to them. And when God spoke to them, we see from verse 9 their response to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. These men traveled many kilometers to find this small child. They had traveled through the deserts, crossed mountains, forded rivers, endured hardship along their journey. They had to face bandits. But for the sake of coming to Christ, we see them continuing in their journey. They responded with their eyes fixed on what was revealed to them. In other words, these men embarked on this journey to find their child. This was their response. In other words, we can say this in the first place, that they responded by being determined to find their child. They were determined to find this child. They abandoned their usual routine business just to pursue the finding of this child. We see that these people treated this finding of the child with urgency. It was a matter that needed not to wait for when they are done with their business. It was a matter that required them to do as instructed by the Lord. They were determined to find a child. Beloved, in verse 9 we also see another description of these people. Not only were they determined to find a child, their eyes were fixed on the star. They were fixed on the star. In other words, they were led of God to find this child. And I'm just tempted at this moment to show you even before we apply that just as God revealed to them that there was a son, he provided a way to the son. And so it is for us today that God has prepared a way and he has given us signs to come to the Savior. We also see how they responded, not just in determination, not just in fixing their eyes on the star. These people rejoiced, or rejoiced in verse 10, exceedingly. They rejoiced exceedingly. In other words, they were filled with much joy. This joy was not to be hidden. This joy was not to be missed. The fact that they heard that there was a child who was born as promised by God, they were filled with joy. And if you were to call them today to come and sing joy to the world, they were going to sing on top of their, their voices. They rejoiced exceedingly. Their lives were never the same in responding to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. They rejoiced so because of the fulfillment of the promise of God. They rejoiced because they fully knew what this meant to them. 
They rejoiced because they knew that this was God at work. It was good news to them. And so they rejoiced. Their response was positive. Their response was full of hope. It is something that gave them hope for the future. It is something that gave them spiritual hope. We see in verse 11 also that they worshipped. And this is an element that has been missing in responding to Christmas, in responding to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Non-Christians and Christians alike, they are taken up by the euphoria, by the noise, by the world, and so it influences them to respond to Christmas with this element of worship missing. We are told they worshipped. They cast themselves to the ground. They humbled themselves. They acknowledged that this was not a mere baby, but it was God, the incarnate as it were. They acknowledged that they were before their Savior, and so they worshipped. They remembered, and it was puzzling to them, but it was the truth that indeed God has taken up the form of man, and so they worshipped. They knew they were in the presence of God. They humbled themselves. This is how they responded to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. We also see in verse 12 that they responded with and in obedience. After they have seen the child, they go the other way as cautioned in the dream. They did not want to take back word to the king so that he comes to kill the child that was born. They were obedient. They knew that obedience is better than sacrifice. Their excitement was contained and controlled, and they still remembered they were in the presence of God, and they had to do the right thing. That excitement did not make them do otherwise. Beloved brethren, beloved friend, in responding to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, we see that God gave them a sign and they followed it. God gave them a savior and they embraced him. These are people who were obedient, but a people who gave themselves to what God was doing. Sign, follow, savior, embrace. The summary of their response is as follows. They responded biblically. And this is how men ought to respond to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. They responded with worship and in worship. They responded with and in obedience. This sums up their response. Seeking the Savior must be treated as a matter of urgency. Worship, as we hear of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, must take 
the first place. And therefore we say this. Those who respond biblically to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ do the right thing. Those who respond by coming to him do the right thing. Those who respond in obedience do the right thing. And therefore we are saying that the proper response to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ is to give your life to him. Just like these people did. They left their all. They subjected themselves to this journey. They did not care about the dangers of the way. They actually came to him. And that is biblically responding to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved men. Beloved women. Beloved boys and girls. We must conclude this way. Wise men respond to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ positively. And wise men respond by coming to him. The fools do not. Wise men embrace the word of God. Come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest beyond the festive season. Rest from the labors that are here on earth. Rest from your troubled heart. A heart that is troubled by sin. A heart that is troubled with guilt. He gives rest. Including a heart that indeed is troubled by the things of this world. Wise men respond by coming to him. And that's what these wise men did. No wonder they are called wise men. They came to Christ. How would you describe yourself today? This Christmas, are you wise? Or are you the other thing that I don't want to mention, lest you say they invited me to go and be insulted that I'm a fool? It's not me saying, the Bible says in his heart, a fool says there is no God. You are wise if you have followed the light that you have been given. You are wise if you have come to the Lord in repentance. You are wise if you have walked and looking at the Savior. You are wise if you have believed the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you are wise if you have given your life to him like these people. You are wise if your sins have been forgiven and you belong to him. You are wise if you listen to his voice and you do not listen to the evil one. Beloved friend, a word of encouragement to those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know before coming to this service how your response was to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. But here is God's word for you this morning. That you may no longer walk in your sins. That you may no longer celebrate Christmas in your sins. That you no longer walk in blindness. Beloved friends, just like the way God presented a star for them to see, we are reminded whoever looks at the Son of Man shall live. 
We are reminded whoever looks up to Christ indeed shall live. And therefore it follows whoever confesses with their mouth, whoever believes in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, he is given the right to be called a child of God. And he is wise when he does that. And this morning, I plead with you that as the world is celebrating the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you do come to him in repentance like the wise man. Do you decide to go home today still in the same state? Having heard and been convinced and heard that indeed your life is in danger, but you still want to go away like this man, his heart hardened, continuing in sin, while others are planning to go and worship this king, he is planning to ensure that that king does not live. Indeed, the word of God unsettles men who think they are well off to do. The word of God unsettles people who are full of pride. The word of God unsettles those who do not have Christ. They cannot wait for a message to come to an end and be free. They cannot wait for this moment when they don't hear about the challenge. Beloved friend, I implore you this morning, come to Christ. Respond biblically. Respond like the wise men. Live your life of sin. Leave the burdens in your life. Leave those things that are dear and they are so dear and sinful and they pull you back from coming to him. They had nothing pulling them back. They responded in this biblical way by offering themselves coming to this Christ knowing fully that it was God's word fulfilled knowing fully that there was now peace on earth because of this child. Beloved, Christmas is here again. It could be your last Christmas. It could be your last reminder. It could be the last time that you are actually experiencing the festive period. It could be my last time, I do not know. But it must be treated as a matter of urgency like these people. They did not say we are going tomorrow. They said we will arise and go and find this particular child. I pray that this morning, if you are not a Christian, you are unconverted, it will be a Christmas of double joy. Coming to him, accepting him as your personal savior, responding biblically to the coming of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.